12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time now to check in with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey to get the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good to speak to you again, Adrian. Plenty to get through today on the show. Let's start with the big story. Australia's budget under the new government. They've scrapped plans from the previous agreement and trying to now help struggling Australians dealing with rampant inflation and rising interest rates. We know that there have already been some big announcements in recent weeks. What more can you tell us about the major policies that have already been announced? Because the federal treasurer, Jim Chalmers, will deliver his first budget tonight. Yes, it happened six months after Labour won the election in May with Anthony Albanese taking over from Scott Morrison, the Labour Party winning power. So Jim Chalmers, who's the local member for where I do my radio show at Logan City, he's got a lot of things on his plate at the moment. I guess the big news over the weekend was that uh, Labour is scrapping some of the plans that were introduced or proposed by the former Liberal National Party government under Scott Morrison, you know, promising car parks in seats that were won or definitely favouring the Liberal Party and they've been scrapped because it's too expensive and some infrastructure improvements that uh, also on the table have been postponed. So that was the big talking point over the weekend. But Jim Chalmers is trying to help families uh, here in Australia. Paid parental leave is one with the Labor government planning to increase Australia's paid parental leave scheme to 26 weeks, which means, uh, you know, families who work here, we often have two parents working at the same time, can get a bit of a break to look after kids. Childcare is uh, one area where Labor's uh, election promise was to make childcare cheaper by increasing the subsidy for most Australian families, and that's going to happen as well. And also things like uh, electric vehicles. There's more support for electric vehicles. There won't be any more petrol price relief. For the first few months of this government, there was a reduction, a 50% reduction in the fuel uh, taxes that uh, we get charged here in Australia. It was uh, 22 cents per litre. And now we're seeing that cost back on to the motorists. So our cost of petrol here remembering the Australian dollar is a bit weaker than the Singapore dollar at the moment, is edging towards $2 a litre. So it's not cheap, pretty expensive. And, uh, you know, so we're going to look and see how this, you know, budget from Jim Chalmers will affect uh, the cost of living here. Prices in uh, real estate have come down about 10% uh, this year, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. But it is very, very hard to find rental properties and rents have increased. So, yeah, it's tough for Australian families at the moment. Another big story making all sorts of headlines in Australia, and we brought this to our listeners last week, was the Optus data breach. Now, Australians yet to be reimbursed for passport replacements. The federal government has not yet finalized a process with Optus for customers affected by its recent data breach to have their passports replaced for free, with no victims yet having their costs reimbursed. Nearly a month on from Anthony Albanese's public demand. What more can you tell us about this, Jason? People, I'm sure, are not happy. This is a big story, both in Australia and Singapore. Last week, we spoke about Lee Sien Lung meeting up with Anthony Albanese on his two-day visit to Canberra and offering support because of Optus being owned by Singtel. And as you mentioned, it's around 100,000 passport numbers released in the Optus breach. Customers now haven't been reimbursed because of the high costs of getting these uh, passports uh, changed. I've actually got my driver's license. I've got to change uh, my driver's license number and that's something that I have to do in the next few weeks because I was a, an Optus customer. But I think it will happen eventually. But
but it is taking some time. And we also saw a breach, another data breach here in Australia with Medibank, which uh, revealed that there's been a cyber attack on Medibank's customers' data. And this is a distressing development. The healthcare provider first reported unusual activity on October the 12th. It admits that data from some of its main brand customers have been compromised. And this is, again, uh, we saw it in Singapore, didn't we? We've seen it in Singapore uh, over the past year or so. And it's happening here in Australia. Medibank says the criminal behind the attack has supplied sample records of 100 policies they believe are from their system. So, yeah, across the board, whether it's in a telco like Optus, Medibank, which is a health provider, lots of problems with this private health provider, Medibank. So it's, uh, yeah, this is the new reality, Adrian. We've got to get used to it, I guess, with uh, our data definitely out there and potentially being breached. Yeah, from the budget, we moved to the Optus data breach. And now we have to talk about uh, the floods that have gripped Australia. But authorities are optimistic that the worst has passed, Jason. What more can you tell us about this and how has the local population reacted to this event? There are still flood warnings in place, Adrian, across Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, where I am, Tasmania, and South Australia. The Bureau of Meteorology here, the Met Service, as you call it, uh, in Singapore, expects the weather will become more settled this week, although showers and possible storms will continue in the states that I mentioned. And we uh, had an event here over the weekend in Queensland where we saw flooding in certain areas. But Brisbane, where I am, wasn't as bad as we thought. But one part of Australia, between New South Wales and Victoria, Australia's longest river, the Murray and the town of Uchuka, which is uh, very close to the New South Wales border. It's actually on the Victoria side. There was a levee built to protect the flood uh, people in, in living in that town. And uh, it only protected part of the town. So there were people on one side that were protected by this levee. But on the other side, many houses were underwater. So this is something that's been in the news as well. So I don't think the floods are quite as bad as they were you know, back in March, but certainly not a good situation here. We've got our fingers crossed that maybe we can get through this without any major disruptions. Uh, just depends on the weather. Absolutely. Very well said. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, getting all the headlines from Australia. Now, World Cup fever has gripped Australia. I'm not talking about the FIFA World Cup just yet. We're talking about the T20 Cricket World Cup, where Australia are the hosts, of course, defending champions as well. But their campaign did not get off to the best start as they were thrashed by New Zealand on home soil. We also saw the big game, India-Pakistan as well, where Virat Kohli was just exceptional. The King is back in form. Jason, so exciting to have a tournament of this sort of level back home in Australia. I'm sure everyone is super excited. And uh, although Australia did not make the best possible start, looking to bounce back, though. I think there's still time for Australia to bounce back in the tournament after losing the opening game in Sydney to New Zealand. New Zealand hadn't beaten Australia on Australian soil since 2011, and that was when Julia Gillard was our Prime Minister. You know, the tournament getting off to an exciting start there in Sydney, and you mentioned it was uh, Pakistan against uh, India in Melbourne, and uh, a great way to, I guess, get ready for the Diwali, Deepavali. Uh, 90,000 fans in Melbourne seeing Virat Kohli somehow get India home against Pakistan. I was hoping that Pakistan might get the win because I'm always like the underdog. And it, it seemed that way, but what a, an incredible game. And, and Virat Kohli is just an, an amazing batsman. And the fact that Pakistan could lose after, I think there was a 1% chance that India could have won that match, you know, with a few overs to go. 
and there we saw India beating Pakistan, but it's only in the tournament. So obviously the rain that we've seen across Australia has affected some matches, but lots of games to go and the excitement is building. Definitely something that we're enjoying here. And of course, we do have the Football World Cup here next year and in New Zealand. That's the Women's FIFA World Cup 2023. That's coming up. Lots of great sport across Australia. Yeah, from the jaws of defeat, uh, they somehow managed to beat Pakistan. Yeah, moving on from the T20 World Cup in Australia, Jason, you had the opportunity to interview Mark King from Level 42. Now, that was for your radio show, and all you were telling me off air was he's a big fan of Singapore. Yeah, this is a, a band that we hear a lot on Money FM. I remember from my days working at Money FM presenting weekend mornings, Level 42 is uh, one of the bands that you hear quite a lot of on Singapore radio. Mark King is from the Isle of Wight and he started this band 40 years ago. They've played all across the world. They had massive songs like Lessons in Love, Running in the Family, Something About You. Well, Mark King was saying how much he loves Singapore and he's been and played there a few times. And there's actually a connection between my old boss in Singapore, Rob Gilby, who was my boss at Disney. He was the general manager of uh, Disney Southeast Asia. And he he actually played uh, flute at school with Mark King's younger brother, Nathan King, who's also in Level 42. So all these connections between Singapore, the Isle of Wight, Australia, Level 42 have never actually played in Australia. And Mark King was saying that he's hoping to get down here. They had planned a tour in 2020 before the pandemic hit. Actually, he was in in Japan until uh, just recently. He was playing concerts down there about three weeks ago. So we had a good old chat about uh, my old boss uh, there in Singapore and also the uh, incredible band. I love Level 42. And, um, uh, yeah, that uh, chat I did for my radio show in the Legend series. It's always fun catching up with some of the legends of pop music. Fantastic. I'm sure the interview went just as smoothly as this conversation. Before I let you go, we are also looking at the 2032 Olympics in Brisbane. I know still a long way to go, 10 years to go, but you're making the most of the pools in Brisbane, Jason, before they are set to be revamped ahead of the Olympics. That's the great thing about being in a city that's preparing for the Olympic Games. As you mentioned, it's still a decade away, but Brisbane being such a sporty city, whenever there's a big event on the horizon, even if it is in the distant horizon, there's always improvements in infrastructure. And the pools here, just like Singapore, are are really, really good. I've been for my swim today. And when I was in Singapore, I was a member of the Chinese Swimming Club. Hello to all my friends who might remember me from there. Well, here in Brisbane, there are so many great options when it comes to swimming pools. And I've just been to the local one in my area. And now that I'm a senior, I have a senior's discount card. I can actually get a discount. Uh, I'm still working, of course. I'm not a fully fledged senior, but I've passed a, a milestone birthday. So yeah, whether it's a, a swimming pool, a cycling track, whether it's track and field, all these sports that are coming for the Olympic Games in 2032, we're seeing upgrades and and infrastructure upgrades as well. Even the Gabba Stadium, which is uh, quite close to where I am, it's a famous cricket stadium. They play Aussie rules as well. That's getting an upgrade. So it will be interesting to see how this city of Brisbane changes as we get closer and closer to those Summer Olympic Games in a decade's time in 2032. And what an event that is going to be, the Olympics. Always a special time, you know, whenever it comes around. We've been in conversation with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey, getting all the headlines from Australia. Jason, always a pleasure having you on the show and look forward to catching up with you soon. 
Great to speak to you again, Adrian. And I'm very excited because my Singapore permanent residence has been renewed for another year because of my continued interaction with Singapore through my company, Cockatoo Media. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.